0: What is up, everybody? Today's episode is about how to manage and lead a remote team. Obviously a hot topic right now for all of us. What do we do to prepare, equip, and lead our folks in a remote environment? I had the wonderful Ms. Karen Altman from our team. She heads up our marketing department at ERG Payroll and HR and Grow by ERG. Uh, We talked through everything from the time you hire somebody all the way through to your performance management process your training process and everything in between to talk about some best practices you're certain to grab at least one nugget out of this conversation even though i think we've all become somewhat experts at leading and uh, managing remote teams at this point so i hope you enjoy this conversation i know i did i always enjoy every time i get to talk to karen and please if you're enjoying this podcast make sure that you Press that like button, smash the five star, do whatever you got to do to share it with some friends. We appreciate it. We appreciate you listening. And without further ado, let's get going. Welcome to HR Simplified, the show where we take complex human resources topics and break them down for you. If you want to maintain compliance, improve your processes, and attract top talent, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Matt Beatty. Let's go. Karen, how are you today?
1: I'm good. How are you?
0: Doing awesome. And I've, I read that that is literally the worst question you can open any podcast with is how are you doing today? Because it brings just no value to the audience whatsoever. So I figured I'd kick it off with that. But today, we are going to be talking about managing and leading a remote team, obviously a hot topic for a lot of people right now. Some people are have chosen to manage and lead remote teams. Others have been forced into this as a result of everything going on and kind of the same going forward. We're seeing a lot of employers where they're looking at this is going to be the, as much as we all hate the term, the new normal is to be managing and leading a remote team going forward. And we have others who are saying, Hey, this is a temporary thing, but we want to make sure we're doing it really well while we are doing it. So my thought was that we just kind of walk through the process from the point of hire, until termination, um, ideally not termination, but it, it obviously happens. Uh, most employment relationships end at some point. <laughs> they all end, I believe, would be a more accurate term. <laughs> so, Let's, let's start with the hiring process. We're not going to get into interviewing. We're not going to get into this election. We're not going to get into all that. That's a whole topic inside of itself. But let's talk about hiring just in general. What do you think are some best practices and things to consider as you look at hiring people in a remote environment?
1: So hiring, I would say one of the most important is still making their first day their first week, their first month, as memorable as possible. That's the day, the time frame they're going to remember. And we've talked about this a lot um, on previous webinars, and you know, at things that we've talked about. But it's still just as important when they work remotely, if not more important, because they're not in the office with the team. They're at home. They're by themselves they need to have that feeling that they are a part of the team, that they are, you know, they're not just sitting alone. They, you know, you're timid when you start working most of the time, you're not very open to asking a lot of questions. You kind of wait for instruction. So as a leader, it's, you know, taking that time, carving time out of your day to get them in, have them, you know, give them some trainings, courses they can take, have their documents, you know, have stuff ready about the company. So they can be fully, they can get involved in that. And then introduce them to the team virtually. So, you know, do a quick Zoom meeting. Don't just send an email that says, welcome, you know get everyone on so they can put faces to the name and that they feel welcomed already. Um, You do a great, you know, email at the beginning about asking about favorite restaurants and all this. And that's a great, you know, icebreaker. But I think going on a little bit more is let's meet in person over Zoom or over, you know to to meet them and i think that that will make their first day easier and make them a little bit you know more eased into the new position
0: yeah that's a great point and that's actually something we're adding in right now is hey Everybody schedule 15 minutes with this new person, just get to know them, get to learn a little bit about them. One of the things that I had in my notes as preparing for this is that the natural collision that happens in a normal office environment goes out the window when you've got a remote team. So people aren't going to bump into each other, have conversations. You've got to force some of those conversations. And oftentimes people aren't going to seek them out on their own. So as a leader, it's your job to make sure to facilitate those conversations. One of the things that I've had to adjust on uh, is that I've actually got right over here in the corner of the office, I've just got the box of stuff for the next person ready. So I don't know who the next hire is, but I know that I've got their laptop, their second monitor, their, all their, you know, keyboards. And, and then it, uh, we, we've actually created a nice checklist for equipment of what somebody needs to work from home. And we send it to them and say, Hey, what are these things do you need, want, et cetera. And then I've got all those things kind of here ready for the next person so that we're not ordering them all uh, as things pop up. And I know everybody's got sort of different. Right ways of handling their IT needs, et cetera. But I think that was a big thing for us is just being ready to, you know, we had a, one of our first remote hires after this all started happening, she was like, oh, wow, geez, the whole box just came with everything right in it all in one fell swoop. And I'm up and ready to go in a matter of an hour instead of, you know, things coming in bits and pieces.
1: And to even add on to that is, and you do this as well, is. You send the box, but also ask them what else they may need. So some people might already have a, you know, a mouse that they can use. Some may not. You know, any little item that they may need to make their work more efficient from home. It's also just asking that question. You know, I sent you this, this, and this. If you need anything else, you know, I'll be happy to get it for you. Um, just accommodating them, just like you would in an office space. I think that makes their workday a lot easier.
0: And the fun thing about this conversation is I'm, as we're preparing for it, I'm realizing some of the things we do poorly as well, right? So so one of the things that we do really good here in the office is that we've got a whiteboard where whatever you need, just write it on the whiteboard, and it's that's the list where we order supplies from. You need something, boom, it's on the whiteboard. We place the order. It comes in. We don't necessarily have that for the remote people. I'm kind of proactively checking in from time to time and just going, oh, hey, do you need anything for the office? Whereas you know, maybe a, a Trello board, which is a little bit of a tease into, we're going to be talking about some of the tools we use to manage uh, the remote team. Uh, but, but Trello is a big one for us and maybe just a nice way for us to put a, a board out there for people to add and go, oh, hey, I need more paper. I need more ink. I need more this, that, whatever the thing is for their home office
1: make it virtual. And that's also a good point because at ERG, I know that some employees work from home some days and some are in the office and they go back and forth. So they technically have two office spaces. Mm. Say so one of them's in the office and they're like, oh, I need this here. But then at home, they may forget, you know, I still need this for my home office. And then it, they just, so having it virtually in that way, that could also be helpful for those who are kind of a hybrid of remote and in office.
0: Yeah. So just, just a little bit of,
1: things are.
0: Sorry, Karen. i was
1: sorry.
0: And a little bit of context for people listening in. So we do have a blended team at ERG. So we have about 50% of our staff is remote and will be full-time remote pre and post-COVID. And then the other half are in the office. But now... Even the folks that are in the office early in the office about half the time just to handle the things that we need to get done or to get out of their home for a little while and get into the office since there aren't so many of us here. It's not a very crowded place. So um, you know for us, these things you bring up a really good point, Karen, I know for me, I'm kind of packing up all this stuff whenever I'm going to work from the house and packing up even the microphone, because we're doing, you know, so many zoom meetings and all these different things that uh, it's kind of a pain. I've basically got to bring like a whole new, I've got a whole new backpack that I'm lugging around with me everywhere that I never used to carry before. So um, redundancy probably be another big thing.
1: Right. And there's a lot of people, you know, just me personally, I know there's a lot of people that's like that now. You know they have alternating days they go in to lessen the amount of people that are in the office so they're they're dealing with that as well it's a good thing to consider there
0: yeah so to one last thing on the the hiring piece as far as i think about it i like to think about it let's keep it as much the same as humanly possible but doing it remotely so thinking about okay if i would spend normally two hours with this individual on their first day going through the mission vision values and really capturing like karen alluded to the emotion of that first day, well, I need to do that in a virtual environment as well. And if I would normally then pass that person off to somebody else sit down and hear and talk from them, well, I need to do that same thing in a remote environment as well. We can't lose sight of people just because they're out of sight. And so maintaining our normal processes in a remote world, we already know that we can do this with all the tools. We're doing it every day over uh, webinars and all these things. So uh, it's certainly possible. Uh, One last thing there, because it kind of comes up is, Don't lose track of the vision of where you are going. So I say that to say, if you're going to now open the door for remote work as a full-time possibility post-corona, then- Mm -hmm make that known. If you're not sure yet, make that known. If this is changing your business model or if your business model is staying 100% the same, either way, just communicating how the vision is staying the same or changing is really important to your team and helping them to picture where they're going to be and how, where they fit into the vision long-term. Yeah.
1: I have to say, I think This communication part of it fits a bigger point that we'll probably talk about is how important that communication is. You know, when you're in an office and you can talk to everybody, you're more prone to have that office talk and, you know, talk more about what's going on where you're not just going to send a random email that just talks about little things, you know, so keeping that conversation as open as possible, especially with what's going on with the company, but also with just everything else, you know, communication with these remote workers to make them keep the culture going, keep the, you know, their love for where they work going is that, that small talk, you know, most people really like going to an office, they get to see people, they get to get out of the house. So keeping, you know, them in the loop and still having those side conversations, you know, we do a great job at that for everyone. I work 100% remotely and I feel like I know this team, you know, I've met them in person a handful of times but I feel like I know this team very well and i can have small conversations with them not just work conversations and that's a big part of you know them feeling comfortable and being part of the company so i think that that plays a big role in you know leaders making sure that that stays consistent
0: yeah, that's a really good point. And that's the communication is everything in a small business and, and especially critical as people start to go remote, because you can feel like you're on an island out right. there, which is one of the things you want to really prevent, right? Is right. the old, the proverbial, they walk in the door, we give them the orientation and then we give them their bag and throw them to the wolves. Like that is just terrible form in, in a normal environment. And it is just amplified to the nth degree in a remote environment because people, you know, left to their own devices will, will you know, Easter famine out there. So um, yeah, let's, let's kind of move on from hiring and talk about it. For me, the next thing is thinking about training. So somebody comes in uh, to that point, we wanna get them up to speed as quickly as possible. We wanna give them the tools to do their job. We wanna have, uh, set them up for success. And, and this has got to be one of the harder parts because there is, there's value in eavesdropping as much as people don't want to say that, right, just being sort of inundated with the information of the people around you. Um, But once again, we want to model how do we normally train when we're in person, and so how can we replicate that in a remote environment? What are some of the things that you had in your notes as far as uh, keeping up with training in a remote environment?
1: I think the first set of training that any new hire is going to get, and this is more of that new hire focus right now, is just all the platforms that you use. And that is where I think all the questions align. So there's, you know, there's continuous training that employees will do over time. And that's a little bit easier to do on their own. But, you know, you're training initially to really get in the multiple systems that most companies use. That's where those small questions are constantly coming up. So a great way to do it is, you know, take an hour out of your day as a leader and go through and record it. Just like a Zoom meeting, record it, go through everything and, Take the most common questions that you usually get and make sure you have that in the recording. So it's better than a written step-by-step instructions. Those are just hard to follow. You know, you're trying to look at the program, you're trying to focus on a document, video record it, you know, send it to them, then open up the forum to ask questions. What questions do you have? You know, this training is the most important for them because this is how your company processes everything. And if they aren't comfortable with the systems that you use and they, you know, they have small questions that they're not answering, um, answering, asking, they're gonna be, you know, not effective from the beginning because it's gonna set them back, you know, tasks that should not be all that hard and might be a lot harder for them because they're still learning the system as they go and that quick pop over the head of the cube and ask someone else isn't as available so if they can go back to a recording and constantly see that then i think that's very helpful so just recording your trainings um, and having those in a place where they can easily access it that would be a big tip um the other would be is have different people train them So if you're the leader and you're the only one training them, you may have a style that it may not work as well and they might learn something from someone else. And, you know, you take the strong suits of your different employees. So if one's really good in this aspect of the business, you have them train them on that over a Zoom call or, you know, just to make it a little bit easier for them. So, and that also gets the team involved and lets them meet them one-on-one as well. So those would be kind of my two suggestions for training in that initial you know, new hire environment.
0: You hit on something that I'm a big advocate for regardless of the scenario and that's recording what you're doing, making it accessible. One of the notes I had was centralizing resources. So saying, hey, this is where you can find all the stuff. Because to your point, if if I come in my first day and Susie is the person who shows me how to use the CRM every time a new hire comes on board, well, why are we having Susie spend an hour every time a new hire comes on board going through the same stuff when she could just record it one time, give it to the new hire, and then set a meeting with them to go through all their questions and basically just cement the learning instead of actually spending time training them on the system. And so- putting those things centralized. We'll talk about some of the ways that, that we centralize our stuff later, but record everything. Mm-hmm. I, it's shocking how many people don't even connect the dots to say, well, just open up the Zoom and hit the record button and you're gonna record your screen and that's how you can record it and it will save it right to your machine. And you know, we also use a great tool called Snagit. Um, is wonderful for screen recording, wonderful for screencasts and a great tool for this. But training is definitely one of those things that you want to maintain your balance of, you know, balance, I think is just the key word there, right? Some role plays, some videos, some conversations, some over the shoulder learning, all of the above. It takes a little bit of everything, external resources, internal resources, but just don't let it get lost in the fold. I mean, I know we've been guilty of this on occasion where it's just, you know, Andrew just started on Monday and we're already, you know, kind of losing track of, Hey, here, he's working on this thing. Oh, we got to get back on, make sure we're training him on where to find everything and where to get it and not just kind of leaving him to his own devices.
1: And it kind of goes to the point of the next level of you just kind of hit on it. Don't stop the training, always be conscious of the training. You know, we do it where we have one hour training a week and make sure that that still goes into play. And then we're held accountable on our Monday meetings You know, did you get your training in last week? And that's just something you're going to, your employees are going to better themselves by their personal training. And then they can teach their trainings to other employees, which helps better the company as a whole. So don't stop emphasizing on the training and hold them accountable just because they're working from home doesn't mean they don't have to do training. I mean, training's available everywhere. We use Lindo. You can use, you know, for the marketing, we use HubSpot. It's very simple to find different training courses that are free and very easy for someone to pop on for an hour a week, get their training in, take some notes and save them in that centralized location. And it's right there for anyone to ever see it. And then talk about it during your team meetings. You know, I did my training on this. And if someone else was like, oh, I want to, you know, to learn a bit about that, they can go to the notes and skim through it. So Just always train, no matter in office, out of office, just make sure it's always happening.
0: Yeah. So it brings up a a couple of good points on that. And you touched on something that I'm just a huge advocate for, and that's allowing employees to own their training program. So obviously we've got training related to, okay, how do I use this system? How do I do the thing the way the ERG way or the grow way? What is that process? But then there's just, hey, I want you to get better as an individual. We talk about this all the time. Our commitment to you when you start here is that you are going to be better than when you started. So, when you leave here, you'll be better than when you started. And how we make sure that happens is an hour a week of training that the employee owns the program. Nobody sits down and assigns a bunch of training to anybody. But as we go into the next step here, that I want to talk through to performance management. That's when we identify, oh, hey, here are some opportunities where you can get better. Let's find some training resources to help you, to Karen's point, to get better at that and to grow yourself personally and professionally and to, you know, really become an asset to yourself, which is what's most important. We, we want to reap the rewards of you continuing to get better, but ultimately that promises to you and yourself. So uh, let's talk about that performance management process. If you, I, I saw your mouth open there. Do you have anything to add on to the uh, training program?
1: No, I just wanted to say that it's such most companies put off training, I think, because they think that in most employees don't do the training because they think they need to spend their time doing, quote unquote, the real work. Mm -hmm. You know, they, you know, I've got too much on my to do list, my training. I'm not worrying about that this week. No, like you're not going to get better you put, you know, that is a big part of your weekly task. You don't, you scratch that off your to-do list every week, you know, don't put it off. So I think that, you know, busy schedules happen, but making that a bit, a priority is just something that we're engraved with. And I think if you as a leader engrave it, it's going to happen.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I can't tell you how many times people have, when we talk about their training, they brought up something where I'm like, well, what does that really have to do with executing your role? okay, I don't really care. So you want to learn how to code? You want to spend an hour a week learning how to code and you're a designer? That's fine with me. That's great. You're getting better. And somewhere down the road, that could pay off for the organization, but it definitely will pay off for you as an individual as you continue to learn and grow, which Absolutely. is what it's all about. So um, let's talk about the performance process. So for us, we, we have a little bit of a unique approach to this. And I think it's, it's become more critical as we look at this particular remote environment. So we do monthly plan and reviews as we call them, which is when we sit down and we review what's happened in the previous 30 days, what's coming up. This is an opportunity to take a step back Talk about yourself, talk about your career, any higher level issues you have, goals, aspirations, all that kind of stuff. It's not about talking about projects, even though we always slide into some projects Uh, (laughs) and we're smiling because Karen and I just did ours this morning and it goes sideways quickly, but, and then on every third or fourth one, we'll do a quarterly review. We try to do them every quarter. We do at least three a year where it's more of a a self-assessment and a manager assessment, because let's face it, if you're doing annual reviews It's terrible practice in the first place. If that's all you're doing and you don't have a supplementary process that's happening in more real time throughout the course of a year, you might as well throw it in the trash because recency bias takes over. It's, it's really just kind of a waste of time. And so, but if you're doing these every month and then you're leading into an annual review, then it'll make more sense. You can look at your notes from throughout the year. Uh, But this, frequency, velocity, and uh, just kind of the tone of the conversations has been tremendous over the last 10, 11 months, whatever it's been now, since we've gone into to COVID season. And, and it's been really helpful for us as a team. And I highly suggest it kind of increasing the velocity of those more formal sit-down conversations, but also the more informal conversations as well that should be happening on a daily basis.
1: So I actually just thought about this as you were talking about it and it, we had our, you know, plan and review today. It would be a very cool thing if we would have recorded it in a year from now, we went back and watched parts of it to see how much that can show someone exactly how much they've grown over a year. Like it t- can take them back. We were talking about this a year ago and look at where we are now. That would be, that's, you know, it's such a cool thing that this remote work has the possibility to do, something you might not have thought about before, but you know, recording each one, having them on phone, going back and you know, a year later and be like, Oh, you know, look how much has changed since then. Um, but I do think to your point, having them continuously, the best thing to do on a person's first day, schedule them out for the year in advance. You know, mm-hmm. have it. We have ours every third Wednesday of the month. It's scheduled out. It's no, we don't miss it. We don't forget to schedule it. So as a leader, put them right in the books, you know, get those quarterlies out because if you just put on your list, you know, schedule so-and-so's quarterly assessment, you're going to forget it and it's not going to happen. So go ahead and don't put that off and schedule it out for the year ahead.
0: Well, and that goes back to, to the hiring process. One of the things that everybody probably already has is some sort of a checklist for a new hire. If you don't We've got a ton of templates on our website, ergpayroll.com. You can grab one off there, but that is one of the things And to your point, Karen, if I don't do it from the checklist and I don't, and I don't check it off on the new hire onboarding checklist, then, and, and I skip that step, then it'll be three months in. I'll go, Oh, have we done any planning reviews yet? Oh no. Oh, great. Well, we never, we never scheduled them. So to get those on a checklist, make sure they get done and also make sure that they happen one of the easiest things to do is to look at that as sort of a soft piece of your calendar and Mm -hmm. kick it down the road, you know, and be like, oh, today is not a good day, Karen. We're just so busy with year-end. Perfect excuse today. It's January 20th, 2021. We own a payroll company, so that means that we are doing all of our year-end stuff. This is the busiest time of year for us, and It is hard to crowbar in new things into the calendar, but there was no way I'm going to miss that opportunity. And I've got great news for you, Karen. I take all the notes from those conversations. So in a year from now, when we look back, you know, what I don't want to do is sometimes you look back and you'll go, hey, for the last six months, we've been talking about the same thing. Right. Are you going to make any progress on this? Is it really important to you? Because I continue to see it come up in conversation after conversation or conversely. Oh, Hey, think about to your point. Like we were talking about this a year ago. What a joke that even is. We we don't even care about that anymore. You've gone way past that and blown past it. So a lot to consider there when it comes to those, but definitely sort of a sidebar to that performance conversation. If you're picking up these planner reviews, Make sure you take notes, make sure you've got them in a centralized place. We use our human resources information system, Guru, which uh, does paperless employee onboarding as well. I don't want to turn this into some big shill for our, our products and services, but um, you know it's been critical to us. We've seen a huge influx in users for Guru because of the paperless onboarding and because of the fact that we can create all those checklists and all the things uh, that you need to follow and keep up with in there. So performance, no different than that, making sure you've got a mechanism for tracking and keeping up with it.
1: And one other small quick one is during performance reviews now for remote employees. So I had two last week with two employees and I made sure to ask, how can we better our communication? How can we communicate better? And this goes back to all the communication we've already talked about, but it's such an important factor since I work remotely personally, one of the employees also works full-time remotely. And the other one is, you know, that hybrid of in and out of the office, communication is all different. So what? do they need to better be effective is number one through communication. You know How can I as a leader communicate with you better? And that is so important right now for remote employees and you know, adjusting to that because we, I can't stress enough, if you're not communicating clearly with your employees, since you're not seeing them, it can downfall the entire company because of just the impacts it can have through their employees. So just asking that every single month and seeing how, it, you know, hopefully over time, you'll see that it's improving and it's improving and it's improving. So that's just something to consider as one of the questions to ask.
0: So what did they say?
1: Um, well, to quote unquote, they both said it's great. And I think, <laughs> you know, a big part is that, you know, opening the communication lines of just not doing email. You know, they call me, they text me. We use hangouts all the time. You know, there's such a delay in response on email sometimes and just having, they love the hangouts, actually, uh, you know, any kind of chat feature, Slack or whatever it may be that companies use, but that's instant communication. It's kind of like, you're right there with the person and both of them quoted on that is that that's their easiest way to get a quick question asked And they don't have to do the formal hi karen i have a question for you what's this over email you know it's hey and then just going back and forth like you're in a conversation so that's a big part of you know how i communicate with you know our team members a lot is just through those chat you know platforms
0: so one of the next things that i I didn't know what to put this bullet as in my notes I, i put it as monitoring because there's so many, uh, the biggest concern of the business owner, when you go to a remote environment is, are my people going to be productive? Are they going to work when I send them home? Are they going to be, you know, sitting on their couch, drinking coffee while they're on the clock and playing with their kids and doing this side or the other, obviously for exempt employees, not as big of a deal. But when you look at non-exempt staff, you're always concerned, like, Hey, am I, am I getting what I'm paying for? Or and how do I keep up with that in a way that's not intrusive and invasive. And and I definitely have seen folks coming around with, Hey, we've got tracking software on the machines. We can access anytime we can see what they're doing. Dah, dah, dah. And Oh, no, they're fine with it. I'm like, Oh, geez, like going back to culture. That's not the kind of culture we want to create. It's not something I would ever suggest unless you had a reason for it. But a couple of things that we've inserted into our day, not necessarily to monitor, but to kind of keep everybody engaged on a daily basis. But we went to a morning Uh, standing call every single morning. So we never used to have daily standups until this. And and we're about to break them off into multiple teams. Just for many of you, if you've got more than 15 people, you don't want to do this. You want to have multiple different conversations amongst the team. So you don't have 15, 20 people on each call. Uh, Usually we got a couple of people no-showing or different people coming and going. So it doesn't get too out of control. But what we do two things during this call. What are your two critical things for the day that if you get these two things done, you will consider your day a success. So if you had to leave at noon today at lunchtime, but you got these two things done before you left, you'd feel like the day was a success. And then secondarily, we do an icebreaker question, which has ranged everything from do you have a nickname to, um, oh my goodness, we're four days a week on these icebreakers and we're 10, 11 months into it. So we've got to know our team pretty darn well over the last 10 months. And, and every person to a man has mentioned how good they are and how much they enjoy the icebreakers. And I just love it. What was this morning's?
1: Every leader should be doing this this morning's we've had so many this morning was I'm trying to think of what my answer was to think of the question.
0: Oh, the best thing you bought for 100. under a hundred dollars.
1: Yes. Yep. Best product you bought under a hundred dollars recently.
0: Yeah. Yep. And um, went with the air fryer and uh, air also fryer. I threw in an asterisk for some new Brooks running shoes. I got that I got on special, which actually brought them in under a hundred. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And coming, you know, doing this every day, I have to admit, it is my favorite part of the day. You know, it's just that 15 minutes in the morning, we all get to just talk, we laugh, but we still and then we hold ourselves accountable, because these are the two things we have to get done. We've said it, you know, everyone heard us. So we got to get them done. And then you will at the end of the week be like, who, how does everyone feel about, you know, there are two criticals this week. Did you guys get it done? How did it go? So it's a, you know, it's an easy way. It's a light and fun way of keeping everyone accountable for the work.
0: Well, and it becomes part of also the sort of cascading goals, which I think it not really something I had here for as it, man, it comes to managing a remote team, but I think it's really important. So we've got our 10-year, three-year, one-year vision. We've got it broken down into quarterly goals, which we're about to, to, Walk through here next week as well. And then so then I've got my quarterly goals. I break them down week by week. And then day by day, when I sit there and I go in the morning, where the two criticals that I have to do today, they're feeding into my weekly goals, which feed into my quarterly goals, which feed into my annual goals, et cetera, et cetera. So if you don't have that true north for the organization and you haven't communicated it clearly, then people's goals will tend to stray from the organizational goals. And everybody should have their own individual goals in addition to the organizational goals. But How much better is it and how much clearer is it for everybody if we go, okay, cool. We're all marching in the same direction. We're all rowing the same way. And now we're going to achieve much bigger things because we're all on the same page. Absolutely.
1: And we hit on it. And like you said, on our quarterly rocks, you go over the mission every single time. It is grained in our head. I think so many leaders forget to talk about it and forget to keep, you know, mentioning it. You can say on their first day and they're going to forget it. Just keep it going. You know, we hear it every three months. We hear it more, a lot more than that. But you make it a point that every rocks meeting, we talk about the big picture. We talk about, you know, what our mission is and how we are hitting that. So don't stop talking about your mission. Always make it front and center.
0: Yeah, Karen. Karen's continuing to progress into a leadership position here in the company. And one of the things we just talked about this morning was is redundant as it feels to continue to say the same thing over and over again. You never know how that message is gonna hit somebody today versus how it hit them last time you said it. You never know who's here today that wasn't here last time we said it. You never, like, and the core values of your organization are meaningless if you just talk about them once a quarter, once a year, once every six months, they're not your core values. Yeah, That's it, right? If you're not living them, you're not talking about them, you're not being about them, then they're not your core values.
1: And that's, once you lose sight of that, you know, it's hard to really bring everyone in and keep it all going.
0: So l- last thing on that, like monitoring thing, and, and I know this is hard for people, even though most of the data points to the fact that people are more productive, uh, working in a remote capacity. And, and, uh, it, it's interesting. I was actually just listening to four hour work week again by Tim Ferriss. And there's a huge section in there about how to convince your boss to allow you to work remote. And I was just like, it's so interesting now reading this about like, you know, trying to beg to be able to work remote, which is not the problem for most people nowadays, but But the last thing on that monitoring thing is to stay outcome focused. Don't Mm -hmm. necessarily worry about how everybody's spending every minute of their time and how many hours they're working and what they're doing, but are they achieving the desired outcomes? And if not, are there roadblocks? One of the things that I view my biggest um, job as a leader is to remove roadblocks, right? If I can't get roadblocks out of somebody's way and make their job easier, then I'm making it harder. So that's, that's poor leadership. And that's my job is to, to get roadblocks out of the way and focus on outcomes, not necessarily the the process of how we got there.
1: Right. And that's also, you know, we heavily talked about process and you, you know, every person works different. So they may have a different process than you have in your head of getting a task completed. But at the end of the day, if they're getting it done and they're sending it through, you know it doesn't matter how they got there almost in a way if they're getting it done. So if you're tracking every move that they're trying to do, and you're trying to focus in on the nitty gritty, so to say, and not the outcomes, like you said, it's going to take up more of your time as a leader where your time can be spent on other items. And, you know, then it comes in, yes, if there are issues, you know, the outcomes aren't getting hit, well, what, Like you said, what blocked them? Let me figure out a solution. Don't just assume it's because they're not working. You know, they're out partying and not behind their computer. You know, make sure that you've cleared the air on everything that's going on and talk through it. You know, I think there's a lot of assumption from leaders of, you know, what's going on? You know, they didn't get this done because they probably weren't working. I need to check in more. Well, just make sure you ask the right questions first before you go to that part. You know, that's, you know, it's getting that out of your head.
0: Karen, what's four plus four?
1: Eight.
0: What's six plus two?
1: Eight.
0: There's more than one way to get to the right answer. There's going to be a trick question And so that's one of the things we have to remember as leaders, right? If we're going to beat people up because they didn't add four plus four and they added six plus two, but the answer was still eight, then what kind of leadership is that? now to, to back that up if it took them 72 hours to get to eight and it should have taken them 10 then you know maybe we ought to show them how to use four plus four but uh, <laughs> but as long as the outcomes are getting there in a, in a relatively timely fashion then then that's all good And you hit on something too and this is this has probably been one of the bigger uh, challenges for me is just, leading the whole person and understanding that everybody's consuming everything that's going on in our world right now differently. And so some people have, you know, whether it be uh, all the way up to death close to them, right. And they're being impacted to that level uh, by coronavirus and other people are just, you know, finding their way into some paranoia and different things through the news and and kind of feeding into the, uh, to the beast, if you will, of of the Twitter doom scroll and, and others are just totally fine. And, and they're, you know, handling it another thing in stride and others are being careless and, and there's just everything in between. Right. But understanding how people process meeting them where they are leading them, how they need to be led to help them to grow is a really hard thing to do. But situational leadership is a, a, a fit, sort of a, a technique as old as time. And that just says, Hey, I don't lead everybody the same. Everybody needs to be met where they are. And it's my job to help to move them forward. So just mm-hmm. keep that in mind that it's not a one size fits all with your team, especially when you look at it in a remote environment, because yep. everybody handles it differently.
1: In addition to what's going on in the world, it's what's going on on under their household, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of parents have children at home you know they i know kids in south carolina just start going back they were you know in virtually from school that's a lot on a working parent you know you have to be understanding of you know asking what's going on at home and know that they might have an elderly parent who's you know staying with them that they have to care for you know trying to stay safe from COVID. There's just so many different aspects that are going on with different people and it affects the way that they work. So understanding that and, you know, tailoring your leadership to them, you know, with that understanding.
0: Absolutely. I would like to start firing through some of the technology tools we use. Do you have anything else you want to throw in there before we get to that? I have maybe one or two more bullets after the tech pieces to it. So, so I know everybody's got their own blend, their own mix. To me, I'm trying my best to say less is more. We are the type of organization where the mindset is, if somebody were to pick up your laptop on the side of the road, they couldn't, it would be useless to them unless they could log into all of your online uh, logins because there's nothing on the machines. We want everything in the cloud. And so this has always been critical to us, but we, we use Zoom obviously. But we also use Google Meets uh, uh, video version for our internal uh, meetings, which I don't think any of us like. And so we're probably about to go back to Zoom full time. But we do use Google Suite for just about everything though. So we use Hangouts, which is their chat feature. We use that Meet, which is their meeting feature. We use Docs, we use Sheets. We use There's a lot to be said for if you're using Word and it's not online version where people can't operate on the same document in real time. I think there's a lot to be said for that ability to be able to, to work on the same uh, document or sheet. We use Zoho Connect, which is one of my favorite tools for manuals. So anywhere we have a lot of manuals, training manuals, how-tos, all that. Zoho Connect is where we house all that. We use Dropbox for secure file sharing, which they've loaded up a ton of new features to be able to allow you to do Uh, interesting things in there, like write big descriptions, add additional things. So when you're sharing these folders, they're almost like little wikis. Mm -hmm. Use Trello for project management. I know there's a ton of great project management tools out there, which don't get caught up in the same thing that we do from time to time. And that's getting caught up in the FOMO or the one more button. Like Trello does everything we need it to. There might be some things we would wish for it to do a little bit differently, but changing all of our platform off of Trello would be a monumental effort at this point. Uh, we use Zoho Desk for our customer support, which allows us to all be completely remote and still make sure that all of our uh, client issues are being handled in a, in a quick and easy fashion. We use snag it for screen recording and for uh, being able to take screenshots and be able to mark them up, add graphics to them, all kinds of cool stuff. Snag it's wonderful. And we use Zoho CRM for sales and marketing and we use Active Campaign for email marketing and for site tracking and for form building and all sorts of fun stuff. So we so many other tools but those are some of the ones that have been really helpful. What I miss?
1: You missed a big one. Number one I want to hit on Active Campaign for all leaders I guarantee you're using Mailchimp or, you know, that Constant Contact. Active Campaign you may not have heard of. It's great. Definitely check it out. It's got a lot more features than Mailchimp. So, you know, I'm not ab- going against Mailchimp. We love it but Active campaign could be a good one for you. The big one you missed is Canva. Canva oh, is yes. a great asset for any company. It lets you create any kind of graphic and a five-year-old could basically do it in there. They have templates ready for you. You can put your logo and your brand colors right in there and it's right in there for you. You can do anything from a flyer to a Facebook post to a presentation. So if you don't have Canva, the free version is incredible. It basically does not hold back on a lot Um, I think the only big thing is you can't get as much as many stock images, but Canva is a great asset and that's not just for marketers. That's any business. I mean, they can find
0: it useful in any way. And then anybody from the dev team that's listening, I did not forget about Bitbucket. Um, the, uh, I just, as you know, I'm never in there. All right. So I would say just one thing is do your best to consolidate. So one of the reasons you heard Zoho so many times throughout is we use their Zoho one platform, which has like. 35 or 40 different apps that we get for one low monthly fee and it just makes it easier to train people on you know to train somebody on four or five different Zoho apps versus 20 different you know the four or five different every one of them has another competitive offering out there that we could get and then we'd be training them all but they had all the different Zoho apps use the same user interface same sort of methodology it makes it a little bit easier to learn so and once again, we use probably too much stuff. It will come to me all the time, like, uh, and I'm in a bunch of Slack communities. Hey, why don't you guys use Slack? But it's, it's like, it's one more thing. We've got Hangouts, we've got file sharing, we've got a, like, we just, there's probably some huge advantages to using Slack, but for the love of you we cannot add one more in here, I think everybody would strangle me, so. Mm-hmm. Um, we love Hangouts. Hangouts, man Chatteronies. and and this is a way off topic but on topic life hack for everybody is turn off the dang notifications on your phone turn off your email notifications turn off your uh, little Twitter and LinkedIn notifications it, it's just it's not doing your mental health any good to constantly shift from thing to thing to thing because a little badge icons popping up on your phone I think you'll you'll find that that will. Uh, especially the mail one. Good grief! It changed my life when I turned off the mail badge notifications on my phone because I just always felt like I had to answer whatever somebody reached out about, which meant all hours of the day. So,
1: so I actually read real quick this article the other day, and it said that I think it was sixty-eight percent of people. So we work on double screens. That's another big one. Is ah, yes. Employees double screens. It's so much more effective. It's like 68% of workers who have double screens keep their social media platforms up on their other screen as well as have the notifications on their phone. So you're just nonstop looking. Take it off your computer. Like maybe check it once an hour. That's okay. I mean, if you if you want to do it, but don't keep it up there. So I read that the other day and I'm definitely not one that keeps it up. I It would drive me insane. So that just kind of, you know, I would never think about keeping up there all day. But if you do that,
0: no, <laughs> <laughs> well, That's a very good point. And, and I know some people are going to be like, well, Matt, you're on LinkedIn nonstop. How do you go about doing that? Well, I, I pick up my phone when I walk away from my desk. And when I'm walking down the hall, I scroll, I check it real quick, see if I've got anything I need to respond to or want to uh, smash that like button. And I I, I handle it from there. So uh, I, I think the the last and final point I want to Kind of put in here and, and one of the things that, that we've still got room to work on when it, you just talk about more collision over the course of a day so have fun so how do we add more social conversations into the daily weekly monthly routine for our teammates how do we make sure we're creating more collision for people when they aren't going to do it themselves once again going back to knowing that some people are just introverts by nature and they're not going to go seeking out a conversation with somebody other than to get work done And sometimes you have to, and that's fine. And we don't want to force a bunch of unwanted conversations on them. But at the same time, these bonds are what build us as a team. People don't just get to in a, in a great team environment, people have to contribute and people have to get to know each other and trust each other and work together. And that doesn't happen just based on, you know, passing glances. So, um, one way that you can go about doing that is, is creating projects that require people to meet that normally would not, right? So if that means your marketing team and your customer support team are getting together to try to do some customer retention campaign or, um, you know, making sure that the development team is getting together with the customer support team to make sure that they understand what the number one concerns are from the users, all those things, just creating more collision over the, uh, over the course of a day, week, month, year to help your team to get to know each other better.
1: I actually um, heard about this. It's called the three-in-one rule um, for leaders. And basically it says, do not give, do not delegate or give an employee more than three tasks in one hour because it can overbear them and it can get them, you know, very, very high in anxiety and stress, and then just cause their whole day to be in that mindset. So if you wait another hour to send, you know, three more items that may be sent. It gives them time to digest the items that they already have, and you're not, you know, I have a big tendency in the morning when I get on, I know that this, 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 this needs to be done, so I'm constantly in Trello. No, 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 no. Well, take a break because they're getting notified and they're just like, you know, they see it and they see it and they see it, and that's what they start their day with. So it starts it off a little bit more stressful. So that's just a, you know, a little thought process. You know, three in one. Don't do more than three tasks in one hour and then go back and send more, you know, unless it's the tiniest tasks that are like nothing. But if they're a pretty decent task, follow that 3 and one
0: Well, communication in general, one of the things I remember, I- I talked about this on the podcast before is I used to have a boss that he would travel a lot and he would get back to his hotel room late at night and whatever time zone he was in, it could have been anywhere in the world. And then he would just start to answer and respond to all of his emails. Once again, I had that little badge on my phone and I'd start to see all those emails come through literally while I was laying in bed. I would have the phone next to the bed. I'd pick it up and look, and then I would all of a sudden become stressed out because now I'm seeing his responses or his action items for me and all these things, and he was not trying to stress me out. It was just the only time he had access to sit down out and answer emails for the day. And that's when he did it. But there's a handy little feature in almost every email system that will allow you to snooze, send it for a later time or pick and choose the time you can send it. So do your team a favor and send it at a time that is more convenient for them to receive the email. And I do it all the time. A lot of folks will get emails from me at 8am exactly because I've snoozed it from the night before when I'm actually sitting down and going through email. So I think it's a, it's a common courtesy thing.
1: I mean, if you're just sending one or two emails, just make it very clear that do not respond back to this tonight. Mm. I'm just trying to catch up on emails. Didn't it? And then that puts it out there. I don't need to respond. I don't need to worry about this. I know what they're doing.
0: Awesome. What else would you like to add for our managing and leading a remote team session today, Karen?
1: I think we covered a lot of good things. Communication, always number one. Like you said, keep it fun. Keep it light you know, and make it open, make it feel like you're at work with your team, you know, don't stop communicating because you're behind a screen now. Technology in 2021 lets us all do face-to-face, use it. I think that's one of the biggest takeaways that you can do.
0: Absolutely. And if you're looking for more tips on how to manage and lead your remote team, you can check them out on the download that will be somewhere. Where will we be placing said download, Karen? (laughs) We, you will
1: see it when you get this. We will be on YouTube, but it will be on ergpayroll.com backslash remote work guide. Um, it has tons of information. It's got a great guide. It's free. Take it. And it goes into a little bit more of the logistical items like your work, mo- work policy, um, a little bit more of the technical items that we didn't talk about today, um, but it has a lot of good information in it. Sounds dope.
0: Well, thank you for your time, Ms. Karen. I appreciate you. Well,
1: appreciate Bye. it. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening. And this is just a reminder. If you like this episode, please subscribe so you get updates every time we distribute a new episode. And also please hit five stars on your player of choice so that others can see the value that we've shared with you here today. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit in with us and we appreciate you. I look forward to talking to you next time.
1: HR Simplified is brought to you by ERG Payroll and HR.
0: Is HR compliance keeping you up at night? Are you worried that you don't know what you don't know? Do you work with a big national payroll company? Aren't you tired of
1: being treated like a number? ERG Payroll and HR combines national support with a local feel. ERG provides the payroll and human resources software and expertise to help you sleep better at night. With solutions ranging from online payroll to a fully outsourced HR department, we will meet you at your point of need. Visit ergpayroll.com to see what better looks like.